Welcome to Tracy Says Things, the podcast that is trying to create a village. I'm Tracy, and I say things. Sometimes I say them for all of the people who are afraid to say something, or they don't have the words to speak yet. May 5th was World Maternal Health Day. If you don't know by now, (laughs) I'm a mom to two nut bar kiddos, and I love them more than life itself. I did, however, have a few moments in time when, because they were here, I was a mess. I suffered, and I used the word suffered with all of its connotations on purpose. I suffered with perinatal mood disorders. I am one of the one in five women who will experience some type of PMD. This list includes postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety, postpartum OCD, postpartum bipolar, and postpartum psychosis during any pregnancy can make a woman more vulnerable to mental illness. In addition, when women face this all alone without support, this directly affects her baby and family, and this causes a long-term effect on the physical, cognitive, and emotional health of this family unit. When we care for women and children, we are having a positive impact on that long-term social and economic development. There are stats that say up to 70% of women will downplay or even outright hide their symptoms, and I was definitely one of those women. And, you know, one in 10 dads will develop postpartum symptoms. Why do people not seek out help? Well, there's still that stigma attached to mental health, and there are too many people who are afraid to ask for help. I say things for the people who are afraid to say something. Perinatal disorders can happen to anyone. There's no statistics that show that there's a specific age bracket or a culture or race that is more or less susceptible to those impacts. Brain chemistry can change in any of us. And frankly, even families that are more affluent or have access to more help or assistance to deal with the changing nature of their family, they're still susceptible to perinatal mood disorders. Rich and famous women like Brooke Shields, Chrissy Teigen, Adele, even royalty like Princess Diana and Duchess Meghan Markle have all publicly spoken about their mood disorders. Sarah Michelle Gellar could slay vampires and other baddies as Buffy, but she couldn't slay her PPD without help. It can get anyone. There's been a significant amount of awareness in the last few years about the prevalence of perinatal mood, and the stigma of having a mental illness has definitely decreased, but there's always room for improvement. This is where more knowledge and resources are needed for moms and families of all kinds. So I joined a collective of moms when I was just a few months postpartum with my second child. A very good friend was one of the four ladies who began this group. It was started by two doulas, a registered nurse, and a woman who's worn a few different hats in the crunchy mom world, Amanda, Chrissy, Stephanie, and Samantha. The first meeting was held on May 18th, 2017. Mothers Empowering Mothers. This group can be found on Facebook and on the World Wide Web. I'll post links in the pod notes. This group was my saving grace. They were bi-monthly meetings where we would gather with or without our children, and we could talk or just let as much or as little out as we wanted. No matter how dark or sad or angry we all were, we all got our chance to vent, to cry, to laugh. You would expect a room full of depressed moms with sore nipples and crying babies to be a pretty bleak and grim place, but it's always the opposite, at least at the end. There are new moms coming every few months, welcomed with open arms, and pre-COVID, I would hand them a Kleenex box and give a long hug. The thing is, though, there's no time limit. There are mom groups that when your baby turns one, you're politely asked to leave so you can make space for someone else to join. At MEM, we allow moms to come and get support whenever they feel that they need it. There are moms who have been coming for as long as I have. MEM isn't just a place for new moms, but for moms, children, and families of all kind. In the last four years, my journey has gone from needing the support to being the one who offers it. This group has volunteers who've at least some training to offer support, but really we're a group of peers, and 
It's not intended to replace professional medical uh, advice or assistance. It's just in addition to whatever else is working for you. I sat down with Amanda, the president of the board of directors of MEM and one of the four founders. And we had a chat about perinatal disorder, our own, and other people's. So Amanda, why did you start MEM? And what is your postpartum story? You know, um, I started MEM because after the birth of Easton, my middle son, uh, I was looking for resources in the city and I really had a lot of trouble finding resources that worked for me. There obviously was the health region uh, postpartum support group, which I attended. And I, uh, I didn't feel like I could, I didn't feel like I could talk about what I needed to talk about. Uh, it was very clinical. It was very, yeah, it just wasn't for me. It wasn't for me. And what I was looking for was a non-judgmental space. And I could not find that. Um, and at the time I had been working actively as a doula and a bereavement doula and postpartum doula in the city. And I was hearing from my clients that there just really isn't anything for moms, um, by moms. I mean, yes, there's a lot of stuff out there that are, you know, clinical and they're from, you know, the nurses run them or facilitate them or doctors do or whatever, but there was nothing for moms by moms. And that's why, when I decided that I was going to start it and I asked a few ladies to join me and it, it's been absolutely amazing since, and it's, we've had such a great community response. More of an OCD or were you like ragey like I was? You know, I think uh, with every pregnancy, I was a little bit different. Uh, with my first son, I experienced a lot of isolation and depression. Uh, I also took a year and a half off after I had him and uh, n- knowing now what I know, um, I'm just not the kind of mom that can sit at home and do do the mom stuff for that long. Uh, it eats away at me. It really affects my mental health. I need to be busy. I need to I need to keep busy. That's what I know as a mom. I'm I'm definitely a working mom. Um, so after my third, I went back um, six weeks postpartum, and luckily I work from home. I run a daycare, and I. I baby wore her and I had help and it was amazing. And that was honestly the best postpartum period I had. I also had people (laughs) like you who were dropping food off for my kids and checking in on me. But um, I wish all of uh, my postpartum periods could have been like that. And I wish all moms postpartum periods can be like that. But yeah, but to to answer, I guess your question, um, Easton's birth was the worst like the postpartum with Easton was the worst um that's when I got really bad uh postpartum anxiety and a lot of rage I didn't know but it would be like the drop of a pin and I would see red I would want I would you know have intrusive thoughts of throwing my children of running away uh of killing myself uh of running off a bridge um but it got it got so bad that Um, I told my husband that, you know, I'm afraid that not that I'm going to do something to them, but I was afraid that I was more so going to do something to myself and the, and then, you know, as it kind of progressed, uh, it got a lot, um, I got a lot into, you know, just constantly worrying about them dying. Um, if I went to a park and I put my, you know, I was looking at my phone, I, I pictured somebody snatching them up and them getting, you know, uh, abused and molested and all of these horrible things. I pictured them dying in every single different way you can imagine. That's Ella in the background. I apologize. <laughs> but um, it got really bad. But I, what I know now, um, no two treatments look the same. My treatment with um, my first and second were very, very different. And um, I think that was the biggest learning experience for me is that like it's your, your postpartum periods are going to, you're going to need adjustments Um, sometimes you don't need treatment at all. And sometimes you just, you need all the treatments. You need to dabble in kind of whatever you can until you figure out what works for you. What are all of the services that MEM provides for families in Saskatoon? Well, when we have funding, we provide, we like to provide as much as we can. So transportation, um, I know that sometimes transportation is a barrier for a lot of moms getting to groups. Um, Childminding, we provide peer support freezer meals, um, when we have the funds, postpartum doulas um, for low or no cost, subsidized costs. Um, we do have like a huge 
huge resource list. So um, we can also accompany moms to the hospital, um, take them to the hospital. We can come and sit with them, um, whatever, really whatever they're needing. So we, we do provide kind of whatever it is that moms are needing at the moment, we can usually provide given that we have, we have the resources for them. So where does our funding come from? A lot of it, uh, our board and our volunteers work very hard um, fundraising all year. Uh, we kind of do big auctions. We we do clothing. We kind of, we sell everything. Um, and then we also apply for community grants. So right now we have the uh, CIF community grant, Community Initiatives Fund. And we got a big grant from them that's helped us operate for most of the year. And that goes towards everything is you know the transportation running meetings the food for moms at meetings our advertising everything so we, we're really super grateful to them for providing us with funding this year uh and i will uh post again uh there's going to be links posted to um the facebook page and the mem uh website and stuff so uh, it, there's a like a link to send uh donations if people are interested right yes you're like, yes, give us money. Yes. <laughs> yes. Please give us money. But also, please reach out. Like, it it doesn't matter. There's no judgment. We've, I honestly, Tracy, I don't know if either of us have not heard one thing, you know, I think we've heard it all. Oh, for sure. If we haven't said it ourselves. <laughs> if we have not said it ourselves, we have definitely heard it before. There's, I feel like there's nothing I haven't heard from moms. Exactly. Uh, so let's pretend um, there's a generous benefactor who uh, hears us talking today and decides to give them unlimited funding. What's the first thing that you would do? Oh my gosh. Like dream come true. I would start a Mothers Empowering Mothers support group in every single community uh, of this province, of this country. I think that moms need moms. And I would start a support group every single place on this, on this planet if I could. Um, we've had a lot of people reach out from other provinces asking if we, you know, we provide support. And other than, you know, we, we provide virtual peer support groups. Um, we, we don't provide those in-person peer support groups, which I find so many of our moms really need. Right. And I mean, yeah, I've said it probably a million times in the last year since um, we went from person to all uh, virtual. Um, it is so hard and I cannot imagine just from my own postpartum experience, I can't imagine I'm listening to these ladies talk about, you know, how their baby doesn't know anyone. Their baby hasn't met its grandparents, their baby, um, sees the mom and the dad and that's it and yep. the mom hasn't seen anyone and I'm just like fuck like I would absolutely have I mean all the talk about like I was you know I wanted to kill myself I wanted to kill my children I wanted to do this and that and I fucking would have like I, I it would have been the final straw um, I'm just like you, like, I can't stay home. I'm not, uh, I'm, I'm not really very good at being, <laughs> um, the like silent sit at home, watch Netflix all day person. Like I, you know, I didn't bake bread during the pandemic. I didn't really pick up a new craft. Like, <laughs> I, nope, I completely agree with that. I I'm definitely, I can relate to that in so many ways. I cannot stay idle even on weekends. Um, I very much envy Okay, we'll go see Easton downstairs, okay? I very much envy um, moms who can just stay at home and be these amazing moms and cook cookies and, you know, make all this delicious food and do crafts with their kids. I, I find that, you know, at times I do that, but I'm definitely not that, like, Instagram mom. I just can't, I can't do it. It drives me nuts. I want to, I want to see people. I want to talk to people. I, I want to tell them, I want to talk to moms. I want to know what you're feeling. I want to know, I want to tell you what I'm feeling. I want to tell you that sometimes it's okay to just say, fuck it. Like I, I'm going up in my room, I'm putting my headphones on and I'm drinking fucking coolers. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> like it's, I don't know how to be that perfect mom. And I don't think anybody does. And if they do fuck them, I don't think they're real. <laughs> Very true. Did you see there's a, geez, I think I might've seen it on the mem talk 
page on on Facebook. Um, it was like um, other moms this summer. We're crafting and doing this and going here. And what are your plans? And it's the package of freezies. Oh. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> yep, that's me. Kids are going to be given yep. freezies and put outside. Like, yeah, I bought you a pool. Go fuck off. <laughs> yes. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I'm putting my headphones in. I'll wave to you every once in a while, but I'm going to enjoy my summer ignoring you. <laughs> exactly. No, I mean, oh, I said it before. I love my little assholes, but no, like it's, yeah, I am not the perfect mom. I I don't think that there is, yeah, a perfect Instagram mom, but yikes. I, um, I so much yeah. envied, envied the moms that could sit there and nurse their babies and actually enjoy it. Like I... By the time I got the nursing thing down by the third kid, I I was proud that I was able to do it for two and a half years, but I also, I loathed it for more than 50% of it. I wanted to, every time she asked for milk or touched my nipple or grabbed me, I wanted to throw her. I, like, I, I very much, um, if I was, you know, looking back on that, I wish someone would have been like, you know what, Amanda, it's okay to stop because I felt so much pressure, even after formula feeding and pumping um, with my other two, you know, I wish somebody would have just been like, you don't have to nurse anymore if you don't want to. And you know what? One of them had all formula. One of them was half and half. And one of them was all breast milk. And they're all the same amount of asshole. So <laughs> I don't really um, know what the point is. You know what, though? I am going to I'm going to um, I'm going to press the like bullshit button and say that I am pretty sure that you were in conversations with me telling other moms that it was okay to quit nursing if they didn't feel it. And so you sat in on those conversations and you know that in our group that that would not have been something that you would have been pressured to do. No. And you know what? It was never that I was pressured to do it by anyone. It was like my own, my own standards that I was like, oh my gosh, I have all these moms around me who are nursing their two and three-year-olds and I really just so much wanted to have a good, successful nursing relationship and thankful. I'm so thankful to Fred Berry, you know, for helping me because I am very large breasted. I have size and boobs nursing. I didn't think was ever going to be possible for me. So I'm grateful that I pushed through and I was able to do it successfully. But at the same time, I, I did experience a lot of intrusive thoughts when I was nursing and I wish I, I would have, I wish there was another me to tell me, you can fucking stop. You can stop. You don't have to nurse anymore. You don't have to do it if you don't want to do it. And um, it was my own, uh, it was my own shit, you know? Yeah. We are our own worst. And even though you know, and that's just it. That's why I was like, bullshit button, because you know better. Like You are the first person to tell someone like, dude you know, like do what's best for you and you're not even listening to your own advice. Oh, I but never do. I never do. I'm the first person <laughs> to tell people, Hey, you know what you do, you, whatever feels best for you, fuck everybody else. But I am the, my, I'm my own worst critic. Mm -hmm. I really am. I will sit there and I will be like, Oh, you could have done it for a month longer. Or maybe your relationship would have been better with your daughter if you would have, you know, done it a little bit longer or whatever. Yeah, you and I, that's why we're friends, because we are, like, the same. We we have the yeah. same flaws, and we're just like, but it's cool. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. We're fucked up. We're going to be fine, but whatever. Exactly. <laughs> so what do you think is the biggest shortfall in our healthcare system for moms? Oh, my gosh, that's such a loaded question. I um, I think it is... It's, it's, I think it's a whole bunch of shit. Honestly, I think it's a whole bunch of stuff. But most of all, I feel like MEM is bridging the gap for a lot of shortcomings from the health authority. I think if they accepted moms past a year would be one of my biggest things. Um, I think if they accepted moms past a year postpartum, we'd see a lot less moms. Um, I, and I, I don't want to sit here and shame them because I think they do the best with what they have. We don't have the funds that they have. They have you know, maybe they don't have the most, but like, they sure have a hell of a lot more than we do. And mm -hmm. I think people underestimate how much, you know, postpartum can peak at a year and 18 months, when moms, you know, they stop nursing, they're going back to work. Uh, I think people really underestimate that postpartum can peak around those times. And we just don't, I think the health authority fails to see 
you know, if it's not under postpartum depression or it's not a perinatal mood disorder. Because I mean, and I'm the poster child for that, right? Like it was um, like 10 months before anything was even sort of done. And yeah, I was shown the door like six weeks later from the health region. So yeah, definitely. Um, That's a good one. Yeah. Uh, So then I guess this sort of is the partner question to that. So um, why do you think peer support is as important as intervention from a medical professional? I think it's equally as important because you do, you do need peer support. I think people underestimate how important peer support is. There's been so many studies done and I don't, I don't have them offhand, but Um, I can definitely send them to you because peer support is shown to be just as effective as medical intervention. And I think it's just another mom sitting there in front of you, holding space for you saying, you're not the only one I've been there too, or I'm here too. And I've also had those thoughts and I've also wanted to walk out my door and never come back. Or I've also thought about driving off the bridge. And I think it's just having somebody else say me too. Mm Mm-hmm is so healing. And I don't think you really get that with medical intervention. And I, I am not, you know, medical intervention is so important. It was something that I um, was part of one of a couple of my postpartum plans. I was medicated. Um, I was so against medication for so long. And when I finally did it, um, I, I seen the light at the end of the tunnel. And so a mixture of, you know, seeing a therapist, making sure I was talking to my family doctor, making sure I was going to peer support, making sure I was talking to you and all my other friends, like making sure people were checking in on me. And there were so many times where you would just send me a text and be like, how are you doing today on a scale of one to 10? How's your mental health today? Um, And I, it was, it was like a breath of fresh air, just knowing that somebody was like, just checking in, not just throwing pills at me, but like actually giving a shit. And I think that's where Mem is different because my entire life, I don't know if other women have felt this way, but I constantly felt like it was a dog eat dog world with other women. And I never felt like I could be myself in front of other women until I was around the mem community. And I actually felt like these women were rooting for me. Like it was an actual community. It was what I envisioned that, you know, your village was your village of moms that would, you know, come across the street and bring you eggs or take your kids off your hands or throw in a load of laundry for you, whatever it may have been. Um, that's, that's what mem was for me. Oh, it was, it was refreshing. So I I totally, yeah, I love that. Um, and even, you know, I used to, (laughs) you, you used a phrase, you said, um, hold space and, I used to be like, oh, what a fucking hippie concept. Like, how does that <laughs> help anyone, right? Yep. And then when I went to my very first mem with that little teeny tiny baby, and she was laying on the floor, <laughs> and I just, like, was sitting there, and um, the the concept of, like, someone holding space as I, like, just kind of let it all out was so I don't know. It was like this weird catharsis of like all of this stuff that I didn't even know was coming out and in so many different ways. And, and yeah, so it's, it's so strange. And now I'm doing it for other women and seeing their, you know, as, as their story just starts tumbling out. And, and it, I, one of the things I really miss is the in-person where <laughs> it's funny because, you know, not only does Tracy say things, but as somebody starts to cry uncontrollably, I just pick up the Kleenex and walk over and just hand them the Kleenex or just give them a really long, uncomfortable hug <laughs> until they're like kind of melt in. They're like, no, don't, I don't, you're a stranger. And oh, okay, actually this feels good. And then they start hugging back because they just need to be like, taken care of for two seconds right yeah and I just it's so funny because it's it's like (laughs) people are like oh I'm not a hugger and I'll go over and I'll start giving them a hug and then they just kind of melt into it right and that's me to a T every single time you hug me I'm like don't hug me don't don't do it okay okay oh wow this is good okay (laughs) true yeah yeah. and yeah it's so and the idea of holding space I didn't really know what it meant until I took um, a course on holding space and 
the idea of it is so simple. Like I was so overthinking everything it was. Holding space is literally just sitting there in a non-judgmental space, letting somebody get out whatever they need to, and then sitting there after saying, I hear you and I heard you, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to pick up your baby now so that you can cry and not have to carry a baby around all the time. Exactly. Just letting someone feel every feeling that they need to feel. And they'll go through that whole process of just, it all kind of comes out and then they can kind of sniffle and all of a sudden their head is clear and they feel better. It's like the the lifting of that weight of all of that emotional burden. And you didn't have to say a word. You just sat there and nodded. Right. Like, And, you know, I, I'm not going to any names and I don't even know if I would remember her name, but I, I think you are there at the meeting and we had a mom, like it was the really big ones that we held at uh, Blossom Healing. And I think there was about 24 women that came to the group and we were so overwhelmed by the amount of women and we were trying to kind of get everybody, you know, <laughs> to stay on track and to talk and everything else. And Um, There was this one mom who completely, like, she was like, I don't know where to start, blah, blah, blah. And before she was even really talking, she just started to cry. And she cried and she cried and she cried. And for, like, I don't know, I don't even know how long it would have been, maybe five minutes, ten minutes. But we just sat there in silence. There was a couple moms rubbing her back. She cried. She talked a little bit. But then after the meeting, I got a message from her. And she said, that meeting tonight saved my life because I didn't want to walk out the door and I didn't want to go but I was thinking about killing myself and I was going to take a bunch of pills and I said no I'm going to go to this meeting and it was at that moment that I realized that moms need moms and you know I don't even really remember what she said it was just the fact that she said it and she felt better and she left there feeling lighter Mm-hmm. And I do remember that night. And yeah, that's COVID just sucks because we don't get to do that. And it's so hard with doing it like over the computer. Like, oh, it's, it's not the same. It's not the same. And um, I'm grateful for you for running most of those virtual support groups, because I just don't feel, you know, I, I don't enjoy them as much as the in-person. And I know even sometimes I'm like, oh, do I really want to go? And then I get up, I get my ass out the door and I grab my coffee and I'm there and you sit there and make me laugh half the time. And yeah, we talk about dark shit and we talk about heavy shit and, but it's still, you know, it's still light and it's fun. And I always leave the meeting feeling grateful that I went. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Cause I mean, Joel says to me like, Hey, how was your meeting? And I'm like, Oh, it was, you know, it was awesome. It was fantastic. And he's like, are you sure you're going yeah. to like a depression support group? <laughs> like, are you, are you maybe yeah. cheating on me? Like what, what, what yeah, are you, are home? you cheating on me, Tracy? Are you really just, you know, hanging out with some hot dudes? <laughs> yeah. Like, no, I've because... said the same thing to me before too. Yeah. <laughs> Cause it's just so weird that like you, we do, we go and we listen to and, and share some, like you said, really dark, you know, by the end of the meeting, like we're laughing and oh my gosh, it's crazy. So yeah. What the, it feels crazy, like for like, me for a lot of the times is like going out for lunch with some of your friends and you always talk, you bullshit about all the good shit happening in your life and whatever, whatever. But I feel like you just add a little bit of that dark shit in there. You talk about what's going on, what's been happening over the month. And then that's in my meeting. You basically laugh you eat food, you talk, you cry, and then that's it, you know? And what's great is like the connection that these moms get to carry on with each other too in the, you know, in the private groups and um, the friendships that have been, that may come out of it. Of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, for sure. That is definitely, I, I never would have guessed that some of the people that, you know, questioned, is she really going to kill her husband? Like, does she really need to get a hole? <laughs> Are, you know, people that, now would help me dig that hole like they're they're legitimately like some of the closest friends I have now exactly so, yeah I think well, we there was sometimes where you know after a meeting I'd be like you know ha 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 that was so funny and then I'm sitting there like shit I should maybe message Tracy and make sure she doesn't offer husband tonight <laughs> <laughs> and you know it yeah it's just yeah, it's just good. You're you're good shit, Tracy. I'm so grateful that our paths have crossed because 
honestly, my life would be pretty, pretty fucking lame without you in it. Well, thank you. I say the same about you. Yeah, we are two peas in a pod. That's for sure. (laughs) I think um, we just answered um, my last question. Um, It was, what is the best thing that's happened because of mem that you've witnessed and i think amanda's answer is going to be tracy no i'm just kidding but (laughs) (laughs) but i mean i we really i think we really did encapsulate it that you know we've i know we've seen moms you know go from like their darkest you know they they still come around now and are more um more lifted more more themselves and I mean, we've seen moms kind of come and go um, because they've had their needs met and then they're feeling better and they don't come back because they see it as, you know, just more for, you know, people who are needing the support because they're depressed or really anxious or, or feeling, you know, whatever. And then there's the, the other few that, you know, kind of stick around and, you know, thinking of a couple in particular, they have their good days, they have their bad days, you know, it's, it's always a little bit better with you guys. So it's manageable. You know, when you integrate um, whatever it is that works for you. And honestly, for some moms, that's taking a whole bunch of just a, a holistic approach to things and coming to peer support or going to see their therapist. And for some moms, it's heavily medicating and coming to peer support groups or just going to our walk and talks or going to the mem book club or whatever it may be. Maybe that's, you know, just a, a week with one of their friends. I, I think everybody's treatment looks different, but more importantly, um, that people are actually talking about it now. Like I'm, I'm actually hearing moms, you know, talk about it. And that wasn't something I was hearing back in 2016 or 2013 or even 2018, really. It was like, Mm -hmm. I was so grateful to have, gosh, I think there was like 14 of you that dropped off a meal for two weeks every day at five o'clock. Like if every single mom could have that postpartum, I think we would see some very, very happy moms. No, for sure. It's, it's that village, right? Like it's, it was so important. And then it just kind of dropped off the face of the earth, you know, in Western culture. And then we wondered why, you know, people are losing their minds or isolation. I I honestly think so much of it is isolation. We're not, and I, I feel so bad for the moms right now who have gone through COVID or, you know, who have basically haven't seen anyone, haven't showed their baby off to their family or let their family love up their baby. Like, that's absolutely sad and heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. And I really hope that in the next year, things really start looking up. And it's probably ne- like they're never going to forget that time and, and those feelings. But I definitely know that our, our messages and um, calls for support have increased significantly through COVID. Oh, for sure. Um, and, and that's the thing, too, is it, we are... Um, definitely like mother focused, like people with, with babies and stuff. But, you know, as those babies grow, like we said, it, it, the, the, the mental stability doesn't just pop automatically because your baby's a year old, right? Like toddlers cause new issues. (laughs) You know what? I think that there needs to be support groups for every stage of parenting. And I think we kind of, like with Edmem, we definitely try to incorporate that. You don't need to be your baby doesn't need to be under a year old to come. We have moms who come who have, look at me. I have a three and a half year old, a seven year old, and a 11 year old. Like, and I still very much feel the need to go and talk about my fucking month and to talk about the shit I'm going through and how hard shit has been over the last year and just things like that. And I think it's so important at any stage of your mother, your parenting and motherhood that you just get out and you talk to whoever it is you need to talk to. Mm-hmm. and be there for one of them, one another oh for sure well I remember some of our first meetings we had um a woman in particular who had like an older teenage daughter and a brand new baby at the same time and I mean I had you know an, an eight-year gap between mine but I was like holy shit like you know you think like at the time I was like oh my god like a teenager that's got to be easier and you know, someone to help you with the baby. Cause you know, my eight-year-old was a little bit helpful yeah. <laughs> as compared to like, you know, how helpful a four-year-old would be, yeah. but you know, she was going through all kinds of crap and I was like, Oh my God, fuck. Like I thought that would get better. No. <laughs> so- and, and it's, you know, it's not meant to be in a depressing way, but it's just, it goes to show you no matter what stage of motherhood you're in, there's challenges at every single stage. And, um, 
as much as I sure don't miss that first year, I can tell you just as much that three-year-olds are just as much little assholes as uh, that newborn baby that's keeping you up seven times a night. <laughs> True. Just there- She has more attitude and she can tell me to piss off now. That's the only difference. <laughs> and she does. But yeah, that's Joel being from BC with the apple trees out there. He says that all the time. He's like, tree, apple, apple tree. And I was like, seriously? <laughs> Because, you know, he's he's referring to my children because, yes. you know, I have a particular set of skills as well. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, my attitude may be one of them. So anyway. Yeah, I mean, we really, we have to blame ourselves at the end of the day. There's a reason our kids are the way they are. And hopefully they will grow up to be contributing members of society at one point or another. Well, as long as her attitude, you know, allows her to lead a gang in prison. That's, That's I mean, pros and cons, right? (laughs) She's going to be on top of that pyramid. (laughs) Not going to be somebody's bitch. She's going to be the boss. (laughs) She will be the bitch. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you, Amanda. Oh, thank you so much, Tracy. You are amazing. And right back at you. This honestly, Mem, you've been with me. You've been with us since the start. And I don't know where we would be without you. I'm just grateful that you're still here and you're, you've kind of morphed into, you know, somebody who needed mem. And now you're somebody who basically runs mem. I wouldn't, I don't know what I would do without you, Tracy. (laughs) I don't run the place. Oh, you pretty much do, but that's (laughs) another podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, duly noted, duly noted. Um, (laughs) Well, thank you for your time. And um yeah. yeah. No, well, thank you so much. And I'm really proud of you for all that you do. Oh, well, <laughs> I, you know, I don't take uh, I know you don't. That's feedback why I'm well, so. you all uncomfortable when I say them. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thanks, Tracy. You're welcome. Thank you. So one of the supports that Mem does offer, one of our newest ventures is a social outing well, approximately once a month. And it's a book club that we have opened up to any moms that just need a night out. And just before people started coming out for that evening, uh, I set up the phone and hit record and asked a couple of moms just kind of what MEM uh, means to them, what they have used the supports for. And it was a very interesting little conversation. Please forgive some of the bad quality audio. Um, (laughs) It was recorded outside. We were social distancing and I didn't bring the good microphone. (laughs) So uh, simply off of the iPhone mic, please forgive it. And uh, even a train had an opinion (laughs) on one of the comments. Enjoy the conversation. Uh, Do you remember your first time coming to Mem? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) What made you come the first time? Oh, I don't know. I was really struggling, and I just thought, well, you know, I'd followed the page for a while, and I thought, I, I want to go meet these people, and I want to like to make a connection. Uh, oh, how okay? Well, I was in a super dark place. Um, I I knew that. So it was after I had had Cora. And uh, I knew that something wasn't right. And then I went to my doctor and she's up my meds and it still wasn't better. And I just, I was terrified of everything about this teeny tiny baby, even though she was my second. So I thought it was silly that I was struggling because it was my second baby. I shouldn't be struggling. I know what I'm doing. And then... I, uh, um, I just, I found, I found out about it online, um, because I knew getting into like counseling would be hard or something. I don't know. And then I just found it and I was like, Hey, this sounds like something I could get behind. And I remember it was at the first meeting I came to, it was down in city park, that location. Mm-hmm. And I remember I drove past the place like four times 
being like, I'm not going in. I can't do this. I'm not going in. I can't do this <laughs> because I just didn't think I was going to fit in or anything. And like within five minutes of sitting in there, I was like, these are my people. <laughs> and um, I think it was possibly you because you dropped like 15 F-bombs in like the first 10 minutes. And I was like, yes. Because <laughs> I was like, is this going to be like AA? Are we going to pray? What's going to happen here? Like I didn't know what was going to go on. <laughs> Um, I love it. And yeah, I just remember like sitting there and like, I literally like had knots in my stomach because I didn't know like even how to verbalize any of the feelings I had. And it was just, yeah, that was my first one. I don't even know if I talked. I just was there being like, I'm not the only one. (laughs) I know. I cried through the entire first meeting. I cried in my car on the way home. I cried in my car just because I was like, these groups exist and why did I wait five months and why didn't I do this with my first mm-hmm. baby? Like, why didn't I even think that I deserved support? Whereas I just was like, I'll just keep upping my meds. I don't need to talk about anything. I just never heard people speak so openly and honestly about the exact same struggles I was having. Yeah. It made it normal. Yeah, it did. That it was like, okay. Being a mom is hard. And just how welcoming it was, too. Mm -hmm. Like, it wasn't like, oh, you're a new face. You know, like, it was it was good. I don't know. It was good. I liked it. Mm -hmm. Uh, What other supports have you found or did you find in the city? Um, Someone, I can't remember if it was at that meeting or at another one. They were talking about uh, calm after the stork counseling. Mm -hmm. And then I started seeing her as well and i found the like having a group but then having the one-on-one was a good balance to be like like going to a group and knowing i'm not the only person that feels like this or has felt like this or is going through that but then able to go to someone else knowing i wasn't and then getting more of the like okay that's what you feel now let's unpack that (laughs) yeah i think it just made me comfortable with being able to seek out a counselor and I can't say that I saw any other resources because to be honest I felt like MEM was the biggest part of what I needed just other people acknowledging Mm -hmm. the same struggles I was having and I think what really um hit home for me was with my first I didn't like I didn't have any sort of like PPD or anything like that until I went back to work. So he was 13 months when like I hit my rock bottom and I was back to where I was X number of years ago and like had really bad habits and everything. And then I went to my doctor and I was like, I'm not okay. And she was like, well, I can't say it's postpartum depression because your kid is 13 months. This is just your regular depression heightened. And I was like, but it's all connected mm-hmm. at that point. Like I had a shitty job and like, I wasn't, I did not have that, like leaving my kid at daycare and going to work balance. And then just to be told, well, we can put in a referral for a, a counselor and maybe you'll get a call. I never did get a call from that. Um, and they just kept, and my doctor just upped my meds some more. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't think anybody talks about like right around that year mark when moms start going back to work yeah. or, and that, or whatever. Yeah. Like, we're, like you're seeing moms postpartum at 12, like it's really peaking at 12 months, 18 months now, yeah. even, even afterwards. And they call it just depression. But when you're breastfeeding and you're still in the thick of it, like it's yeah. still postpartum. And that's something that's never talked about either. Yeah. And the fact that it was just like, that was the conversation was just, oh, well, he's 13 months. This is just depression. This, this is it. This is just depression. Here's, you don't get any of these extra resources. No. Because, you know, and then your baby is not as important and these are fundamental. Well, and that's kind of how I felt when I was like, oh, okay. And so then it was, it was like the, I feel, I don't even remember my kid from mm-hmm. 12 months to 18 months because it was just a fog of survive. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I was, there was, I didn't know that there was even an option. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like, or it's not even that you're, there aren't resources for you, but they're taken away because like West Winds, 
yeah. takes you out. If you 12 months, you're done. And that's even Pats what... you on the head and says, like, have a good life because we need the space for this new mom. Sometimes yeah. it's even before 12 months. Like, if you try to register at 10, 10 months or 11 mm -hmm. months, they'll just be like, well... I mean, you'll come for what two times, and then we gotta basically graduate you from this course. Yeah, and like my doctor had even said, like, oh, it's. She said something along the lines of like, it's it's too bad. Something I don't know if it was those exact words, but how I interpreted it in my state was, it's too bad that you didn't feel like shit a month ago, yeah. and we could have got you the help, but now here you are. Sorry, and it's your fault. Yeah essentially so then when i had um cora and i i think it was at like the six month her six month needles or something or no four month needles and they you'd have to do the screening the, the nurse i had was like oh i'm like oh what <laughs> and she was like how are you doing and like asked me about like my supports at home and i was like i'm fine i think because she's like not according to this little piece of paper. You have all sad faces. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so then I just that's the noise the nurse made. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, because so I did the screening. Just talk louder. <laughs> I did the screening. <laughs> and then she just told me about the West Winds program. And I was like, and then at that point, I was like, oh, I'm all the way on the other side of town. And like, the times didn't work out. Like, I always had an excuse. And it was hard. I was like, oh, I can't do something during the day because I have a two-year-old at home. So then that was how I found them. I was like, evenings. I could do evenings. Which was hard because I didn't want to leave both kids with hubby. Because I was like, you're right. You got to do this. You got to do And that was just a whole other cause of, <laughs> of stress. stress and see for me like thinking about resources just listening to you talk about it for me i didn't even see the warning signs or check into any of it until i was pregnant with my third and things had got progressively worse with each pregnancy so then meeting these women and talking about these things and what's been helping them and just learning about different resources it gave me the confidence then that I think at one of my no, because I had a, I was open with my midwife about it, about my struggles, and my doctor too. Like right, like it was like right after I was discharged from the midwifery program. So okay, this is what I'm going through, and I think I need something. Like I was never open to medication before that. But hearing people talk about it and normalize it, I was like, you know what? I think it's what I need. And it was. Mm -hmm. awesome. So having the confidence to actually advocate. Yeah. It's interesting because I, I went the other way. I was mm -hmm. so tired of just being told there's nothing we can do. Let's just up your meds, up your meds, up your meds, up your well, meds. Change your meds, fair. add a new med. And like, to be fair, a lot of times it is just a like doctors under prescribed like mental health. Yeah. Um, prescriptions and a lot of times they underdose so much that you're not getting the dose you should be and it's actually supposed to be psychologists or one of them that are actually supposed to be prescribing yeah. but doctors it's sertraline it's sertraline it's sertraline yeah. and then you know and so I and think that they under prescribe so a lot of times they're like well, maybe if we bump it up you'll be good but like do that but then offer me some resources exactly and that's the thing because I was getting to the point where I was like yeah okay I have all these drugs in my system but I need to put these feelings into words with people who get it and i guess too i thought i was starting to feel bad because i felt like every time i talked to like my supports like my mom or my sisters or my husband all it was just negative 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 and i was like that's not your job your job is supposed to be my partner or my mom or my and i feel like i felt like then i it was that whole like you're being a burden mm -hmm. whereas sitting in a group of women who are all kind of like have currently or have felt like that and were willing to talk about it not talk to my mom who was like it's just baby blues yeah i started asking a couple of my friends who are known to just like vent and vent and vent i'm like is this you just need me to listen to you or is this like you need me to offer you like like to help you figure it out yeah mm -hmm. like do you just want me to listen or do you want me to help you figure it out because sometimes i'm such a helper and i'll always try to like fix things and Sometimes I can just see that they're like, oh, no, no, no. And I'm just like, do you just need me to like shut up? <laughs> so I can do that. Awesome. All right. Um, one more. 
It's kind of a trick question. Oh my god. <laughs> it's hard. I feel like I like need to just study or something. Well, like, yeah, you can study after it's fine. I have like test anxiety. <laughs> She's like, I thought this was fun. Book club. Right? I know. Book club. Bum, bum, bum. Um, Tracy, just kidding. kidding. The book club questions are way fucking harder. Oh, good. <laughs> So let's hope you're not recording them. <laughs> Just too late. So and it's a trick question. It says, do you feel that your perinatal mood disorder, because I mean, in the there's the whole spectrum of them. Right. Um, do you feel it's been effectively solved for you? No. Uh, no. Because Dang it changes. It. <laughs> it changes with as like right. Like it's like oh, I'm I'm past that like night feedings. All is gonna be good. I'm not sleep deprived. Oh, we're in a whole other territory of motherhood. It's like a next chapter. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I don't think, I actually, I just kind of had this conversation with Andy. He was saying one day, like, do you ever think you'll never be on meds? And I was like, I think this is just how I am. And I think that I'm just always going to need the additional supports because it works. Well, see, okay. Like, I don't, that... I don't think that they're just going to be gone. Because I think that, like, yeah, you're done the newborn stage, and then you're in something else, and then you're mm -hmm. in something else. And but is that? Don't even get. I'm terrified for teenagers. Don't even that, know what I'm gonna do. Is that perinatal mood disorder? Like we have moms that come and go, and Mem helps them over the hump, and um, does whatever it needs to do for them. And then there are people like you and I, mm -hmm. who I, I, I don't know if I can speak for you, but I have reclaimed the C word. Like I am fucking crazy and I'm medicated to prove it. Yeah. And I will be for life. Yeah. And I think that, um, having kids added another level of fuckery to my life. hundred percent. Yes. And so I had to, words describe me. I had to <laughs> deal with that shit on a different way or in a different way than I would deal with my general anxiety for the rest of my life or my depression or my depressive nature for the rest of my life. Like that added a level of like, it, yeah, for me, it brought it to the surface. Like everything that yeah. I didn't actually realize I was struggling with. I agree with that. Yeah. yeah. It brought, it brought a surface. lot of stuff to the surface. Like it's brought up and maybe it's just that mental health is now talked about and it's something we deal with and it's just so much more common now and it's not as taboo, but like it's brought in so much other shit to light. And it I'm like, is. okay, so I need more, <laughs> more counseling. It, yeah, it is still pretty taboo. Like there's still a lot of stuff that people don't want to listen to or whatever. And the, you know, the, the four moms out of five that are fine or that do have just the hormonal blips of the yeah. baby blues and stuff. Yeah. Good for them. Yeah. But that, that is. Let's check back with them now in COVID. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like, that's not us. Right. And that's yeah. not the, the people that, that generally come to men for the most part. I mean, there are a few of them that will like they'll come and go. But no, I think for me, it hasn't solved anything. I mean, like it's not, I'm not cured. But will, will but, no, but <laughs> yeah. I have the, the understanding now or the confidence, I don't know, to realize that I'm not broken. Yeah. I'm not completely incapable of yeah. being a mother or a partner or a contributing member to society yeah it's just i have these struggles and it's helped me to acknowledge them right and i don't know and i, know I, think, I still need help still and need i think support. too it's given me knowledge to recognize it because so like with in my life we were the first ones to have babies in our circle of friends so we were like those people like, oh, they brought their baby. And so now that all my friends are on their first baby and like, how are you doing? Like, yeah. I don't care about, you know, your padsicles or your boobs or your kids napping. Like, how are you physically doing? And like, um, I think it's given me just like the knowledge that um, like, those are the questions that should be asked, not yeah. just the, is he a good sleeper? Mm -hmm. Well, and when somebody <laughs> asks me, like, what was the best thing that helped you postpartum? And I remember it to a T. It was, I was nursing Ella constantly. I only took six weeks off of work. And my friend who actually started the organization with me literally came over, handed me like a Starbucks 
black lemonade iced tea and she just started doing my dishes and I got teary eyed and I like started crying and her just like throwing a load of cloth diapers in and doing my dishes and then sitting with me was like it was just I didn't know that existed and I didn't have that because I was the first so I had oh my gosh people are coming over I gotta entertain I gotta I gotta clean my house and I gotta find like my, my nothing fits my boobs are everywhere and I got shit everywhere and they would just come and I remember being like I remember one time we had friends come and I just I, like I left I took the baby who they came to see and I went upstairs because I was so mad because I was like I am too tired to have a conversation with you I just want someone to hold this tiny thing so I can shower. I don't want to entertain you. I don't want to entertain yeah. you. And so, and I remember like my sister being like, it takes a village and you know, like do this and do that. And I was like, no one did that for me because we were young and no one in our group had, had understood like, that's what a mom needs. A mom doesn't need someone to come over and sit on their couch and bring a gift for that baby. A mom needs someone to come over, do that load of laundry, fold that load of laundry, do the dishes, bring snacks <laughs> without like, saying, Oh, those is there anything I can do? Just do it because we won't ask. Yeah. And we're not going to ask. ask. So just do it. Just do it. But see, it wasn't until I came to men that I realized it's okay to tell people to do those things. Like it's such a catch 22 for yourself. Right. Yeah. And just being like, we don't have to fit into this perfect little box Yeah, and everything's great and wonderful. Like, yeah. no, I'm struggling. Make me food. Take my kids. Yeah. Clean my house. Whatever. Awesome. So why do you keep coming back? Because the people are awesome. Because the people. The community. <laughs> no, it is. I you, Tracy. It's, it's all for you, <laughs> Tracy. <laughs> Buy her flowers. <laughs> I count the women in this group, group, you guys, as my friends and friends that I can be real with. Yeah. Not friends that I have to put on a nice pair of jeans for or makeup. Or be like, I did oh, put yeah. on mascara today because I got new mascara. <laughs> it's all for you guys. I haven't That's worn awesome. mascara in a very long time. <laughs> I'm wearing clean sunglasses, but I put it on. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Nice. It just, but yeah, it's definitely it easy for me with the men. Yeah, I definitely don't feel like I have to be somebody not. And the fact that it took me, like, by the second meeting, I was like, I felt like if there was an issue, I could have messaged you guys. Well, I did message, I privately messaged you two um, last year, and I was in a really shitty place, and that was kind of when I was like, okay, this is, like, I felt like this was more than just a group I went to once a month, like. There are people out there who are going to know what I'm talking about and help me through it. Cause I was in a bad spot <laughs> last year. And, uh, and I think that's kind of when it clicked in for me. Like, that's why I keep going back because these people, they're friends, like they're. But I also keep going back because I want to be that support for other moms <laughs> that I found in the group. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and so, I mean, that's not just in the group, but it's taught me a lot that I can be that support to any mom yeah. that I meet. And the resources, right? Like, um, someone was talking about uh, Fred Berry, and I was like, oh, and I had a friend who was struggling with nursing. I was like, hey, in my group, we talked about this. You should and then I messaged the group on Facebook and got everyone's contact information. And like, so yeah, like the knowledge that um, has come from it. Everybody needs them in their life. Everybody needs them. That was perfect. Everyone needs mem. Thanks, Ashley, Brittany. And you heard Amanda in the background there from book club night. So like I said before, the links will be in the podcast notes. Please, if you need anything, reach out. The group can uh, help you anonymously just through messaging, or you can come out to an event, virtual, 
And now we are starting to do some COVID safe in-person meetings again. You're not alone. Hopefully anyone who does need a little help or want some help, you can come out and find it. Thanks for listening. This was Tracy Says Things, a podcast brought to you by Anchor Media, produced terribly by Tracy. If you would like to volunteer your production skills or offer feedback, contact us at tracysaysthings at gmail.com or find us on Instagram at tracysaysthings.com.